Hello and uh, welcome to the first Tour de France 2016 podcast for Cycling Central. I'm Philip Gomes and I'm here again with Anthony Tan and Jamie Finch-Penninger. Wow, what a stage last night. Uh, Tour de France, never rest, never go for a break, never go for a cup of tea because you never know what's going to happen. Anthony. That's exactly what I did. Phil, um, bonjour à tous. Oh, yeah, I, I thought, oh, you know, this is a, a good time, around 77 kilometres to go. You know, it's the, the time you'd take the obligatory uh, cup of tea, English breakfast tea with some natural, biscuits. The natural yeah, break. Yeah, the natural break. Yeah. And who uh, <laughs> should fall off his bike? None other than one of the, I guess, the top five contenders this year, Con- Alberto Contador. Uh, I... Th- saw the replays and I it just looked really really nasty I mean the only thing worse that I think uh, Contador could have done was crash and exit the race yeah. I thought it was that bad so I don't think even he's fractured anything we won't know that he he won't let on it's it's kind of rigor at the Tour de France if anyone can come back from something being fractured or, you know, dislocated, we know that Contador can do it because he did it uh, at last year's Giro. Now, Jamie, unlike Tanny, you didn't actually go for uh, for a natural break. You were sleeping. I, I was on a much longer break, I suppose, is <laughs> one way to put it. Uh, yeah, well, I, I had a pretty tiring um, day up until then, and um, we had the 5 a.m. shift coming up, so <laughs> I just went to sleep. And I'll, I'll be banking that for the rest of the tour. So when you guys are propping your eyelids open with matchsticks, I'll be right and raring to go. Welcome to the tour, everyone. As you can tell, we're kicking on. We're not wasting any time because we're doing these every single day of the tour. And it's going to be, five, what, 15 minutes or so each one. Quick hits. Anthony, other than Bert, the really big takeaway from, the, uh, from stage one has to be, without doubt, Mark Cavendish. I mean, we say this about him every year. There's always something about Cav. But there's Cav winning bike races. Yep, uh, Robbie said it. Robbie McEwen said it. He goes, you know, the the moment you all just you don't write him off, but you you talk about writing him off. He he wins he wins big, and that's exactly what he did. I, I just thought when I had a look at the parkour for the the final kilometers, I just saw there with I think uh, the last six kilometers. To, oh, there was one corner in the last six kilometers and that came with about 4.6 to go so when you got in the last five kilometers without a corner you just you think of Marcel yeah and uh it was the wind and then the roads were very narrow and that then put the advantage into not so much into Cav's corner but it sort of it evened the balance between someone like Cavendish and Kittel and Greipel so um, yeah, I don't think that, um, I thought Sagan went too early. I thought Kittel, he didn't get up to full speed and Cavendish launched his sprint at the perfect moment. Just to, uh, just to give you a brief description, it was, um, stage one, Mont Saint-Michel, which is just an amazing start. It does not get any better in terms of scenery, uh, to, uh, Saint-Marie-de-Mont and it was 188 kilometers. Um, the, uh, the standings on, uh, on the stage were Cav, Kittel, and, uh, Peter Sagan, followed by Andre Greipel and, uh, Edward Tunes. 
Dallas. Would you like me to jump in there, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> Bill I'll be was trying in. to think of his name, but you have to forgive Phil. I'm a little bit tired. He, he tried yeah, to. Right. He not any. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jamie, um, what did you think of that stage? Because you had a chance to catch up and you had a look at all the vision, etc. And it was pretty incidental. There was there were it, there were incidents in the finale. Yeah. Um. I was for, first of all, I was surprised uh, that the sprint trans didn't really get formed up. They got formed up, but then they lost their sprinter or they um, lost riders off the front and by the by the final kilometre everyone was looking around trying to find their the the man that they were supposed to be leading out and I think that played into Cav's hands because he's a very smart sprinter as you know as you have to be to win 27 stages of the tour and he you know picked the right wheel got on Sagan when he had to be and uh, yeah took the win you know he's it's mission accomplished for Cav basically because the Olympic Games is is his long-term goal this year is to, is to perform well in the Omnium what do you reckon is he gonna is he gonna finish this thing or is he now mission accomplished and it's like well i've got nothing to prove i can pretty well pike in about a week and a half well he got pretty miffed when those questions were posed to him at the pre to a press conference which less and less journalists are going to these days uh because you know 500 people show up so how do you get a original story when yeah. that happens uh but uh he said his intention was to finish uh I, I think it depends. I mean, if he wins a couple of stages in the first two weeks, I think he'll go home. The Olympics really means too much to him. He, he, he I mean, to I, I don't think you'll see him ride the Team Pursuit, even though he's you've got to be part of the Team Pursuit squad to ride the Omnium. I, I was even surprised he was selected actually for the Omnium. Well, one one thing that struck me though, looking at him in the um, in the in the race vision, is how much thinner he looked uh, than previous years. He looks like he's seriously fit. He's very thin in the face, and you know, light compared to compared to previous years. And we were talking about that, yeah, because you expect a track rider to put on a bit more bulk, don't you, to you know, hit those higher speeds that you need to do well in an event like the Omnium. But no, he's looking he's looking fit and he's looking lean. So. The um, he did a post race interview with uh, with Dave McKenzie, which is on a website right now. Which really you have to you have to watch because it's typical Cav where he wears his heart in a sleeve. Um, he tends not to leave anything out there. But the quote for me was they were he was Maka asked him about um, the respect of the peloton. There's a lot of guys offering congratulations afterwards, but Cav wasn't really having very much of that. And he was going. He said, uh, "Yeah, but you know, there's still a lot of guys who fucking hate me in the peloton." So he's still got a little bit of a... He's still a bit chippy. Yeah. That's that's what I like about Cav. Now I don't have to interview him. <laughs> he was a, he's a pain in the butt to interview. Like, you just never know what you're going to get from You could get one word and you could get a hundred. But I probably the most, I don't know, the most prescient comment he made before was that he said this could go either way for him, his training, the six to eight week block he did. He said it could either go superbly or could go pear-shaped. And I think, there, yeah, there was no middle ground with the training he's done. He's clearly got that speed. I mean, it, it harked back to his dominance from, what was it, 08, 09, 010. So that that double kick that he talks about in his um, autobiography. So, uh, yeah, we haven't seen that acceleration from him for quite some time, even though he did win a stage last year. This year felt like a Cavendish of old. Hmm. Um, Yeah, Jamie, go ahead. Yeah, well, uh, 
I think um, Cavendish was the very fast, but we haven't talked about the fastest man yet, um, Andre Greipel, who was... The who, fastest man. The fastest man in that sprint was Andre Greipel. Well, I saw, I noticed that you were having a really good look at like overhead angles, et cetera, well, and what was happening, so... Uh, yeah, I But agree. he was beaten by a fair bit, man. It's a couple of bike lengths. <laughs> I agree. I, I thought Andre Greipel was going to win the stage, so I went back and found reasons why he didn't win. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, his, his lead out lost him, and... Um, and then on the front, Greg Henderson, you know, was essentially doing the lead out for Cavendish and um, Kittel because he left the wheel with 300 to go and Sagan pretty much had to sprint at that stage. And Greipel was back in eighth or ninth at that stage and had to come round from behind some Cofferdus riders. And yeah, it was a bit I, of a mess. I think he Greipel. was the fastest, Jamie, from about 300 to or 250 to 50. But he he wasn't the fastest in the final hundred or fifty to hundred, which is where it counts. Which is why well, certainly he, he lost by about three bike lengths. Certainly he wasn't first over the line, which is the only thing that counts. But yeah. I, th- I think the signs are still good for Grapel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, are these guys going to take anything away from from Cavs performance today? Oh, it's. I think uh, it's 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 hard to say. I think Cattell for me, he, he still looked good. He just didn't look like he needs a really big run a big and he didn't quite get that I, I think that that opening stage is well that was typical of the tour you know we had a, a couple of crashes in there uh i think the next it, it was actually when even with all those crashes we still had the four best sprinters in the tour sprint for the stage so in that respect it was a clean sprint um, so who, who knows what's happening? I mean, we know the next sprint stage is not tonight, but the following night. I mean, the tour, the technical director of the tour, who basically thinks up this course, uh, Thierry Gouverneur, he, he said that, you know, it's 100% the, the sprinter will lose the Maya Jean tonight. Well, there's one sprinter who will be in contention, and that's Peter Sagan, who is in contention on all stages, it seems. Yeah. Well, why don't we? Um, I guess we want to. We want to maybe preview because we're we're going to keep these things super short. Uh, this uh, for the duration of the tour. Um, so I guess uh, we want to preview a little bit of uh, what's going to what's coming up tonight and what uh, what stage two is going to look like. Uh, the stage is uh, Saint Lô to uh, Cherbourg. As far as I know. And uh, because my French is just absolutely <laughs> spectacular. And um, it's 183 kilometers. Uh, there is, it's punchy, right? 2,293 uh, meters of climbing, just four climbs, uh, one sprint. And Jamie, you were saying it, uh, uh, there's a couple of, there's a key moment there. Well, I think once you get right down to the end, I mean, there are uh, quite a few climbs, as you mentioned, in, especially in that final 25 kilometers, but it really looks like those final two climbs in the last three kilometers, the Cote de la Glacerie and and then the final um, push up to the line there um, will be really decisive. So the Cote de la Glacerie is 1.9 Ks at 6.5%, and then the final kick to the line is 700 metres at 5.7%. So those are really built for those punchy riders that come out and win the classics. Um, Gilbert, if he was here, would be riding contention for that stage, but in, as he's not, um, we can probably look to a guy from BNC like Van Avermaet or Michael Matthews, Simon Gerrans, so many different names out there that, that could potentially take the win here. And the yeah, yellow jersey. Probably the most interesting thing for me tonight was to be whether it will be uh, Garens or Matthews going for this because I think that will actually set the tone. Because if Matthews gets 
uh, the 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 role today to be leader, will Gerens be helping him? And if and then secondly, will will Bling, you know, if Bling doesn't get in the top three, that will also set the tone. Then there'll be some nervousness, I think, among. Uh, what is it now? Orica Bike Exchange. Orica Bike Exchange, yes. And uh, as to whether they they put their faith in Bling, because Bling still we still have to. I said it previously. He hasn't won a stage of the tour yet. You know, Gerens has won a couple. He's done a stint of the Maya Jean. So do you go with someone who's got the runs on the board, or do you go for someone who's got the potential to to win a stage like today's? Any other um, any other points of interest for you to look out for in the stage? Mm, yeah, just on that Gerens Matthews divide, I've always said that this that was going to be the main narrative for Orica Bike Exchange going into the going into the tour. And no matter what ha- what happens, I mean, say one of them doesn't have the legs, um, or somebody you know misses a wheel or something like that, it's always going to be the conversation is always going to be about how well those two work together. Now it's unavoidable because of their history and. Which is disappointing in a way because it kind of it can cloud other issues, um, but it will, as Tony said, it'll be very interesting to see how that dynamic um, changes across the tour because it, you know, it will be part of the conversation. And um, I mean, obviously, we're going to be we're going to be looking out to see how Contador is because this stage, you know, it's, it's a punchy finish, so it has it has the potential to maybe shake a, a couple of the uh, GC guys up if they're not on their on top of their game. If if Contador is what happens also, not just you are hurting after the crash, you don't sleep well, um, and then you also only feel the effects maybe two, three days into it. So this could potentially have an effect on his punch. And then also, he once you have a crash, you obviously become a bit more skittish for those next uh, a week afterwards. So in trying to avoid crashes, he could crash again. We've seen that happen with room before um so it's yeah I, it could have a, a like a multiplier effect hope it doesn't happen because this is a guy who can really make this year's tour so exciting um and do we have any favorites who we got i mean there's going to be a long list of the, a certain type of rider who could perform yeah, well yeah i mean stage. jamie picks Sagan van avermaet i mean i would go for those guys i mean just to be different i think i'll Say bling, Jamie. Uh, Van Avermaet. I'm thinking Julian Alphilippe, Perito, right? Those guys might show themselves a little bit. Yeah, uh, the guy who won the stage last year was it to the Murder Britannia, Viermos, Alexi Viermos. Alexi Viermos, yeah, yeah, that's right. That was that funny interview he did with McEwen where he kind of was in awe of Robbie. Robbie, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. We're all in awe of Robbie. There was one other uh, one other point of interest from last night, which was the things you do as a domestic, right? So explain what happened. Explain what happened last night, Jamie. Yeah, the things you taste as a domestic <laughs> as well. And uh, yeah, Contador had to change his shoe after the crash, and he handed it off to his teammate Matteo Tosato, who's probably the oldest man in the world tour at the moment. Forty-two. Forty-two. Forty-one. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. You think he'd had had enough of this by now, but no, he he took it off and um, took the orthotic out, out of Contador's shoe because presumably he needed to put it back in the new shoe, and uh, found that he didn't have quite enough hands, so he just stuffed it in his mouth and 
yeah, handed the shoe off. I don't don't want to know how that tasted. I mean, can't have been good, can it? Not, not after what you know, a couple of hundred, or, you know, hundred and something kilometers anyway. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. believe though that we're going to see um, Gabriel Gatte incorporate <laughs> an orthotic into uh, tonight's. Uh, menu du jour with um, asparagus and uh, and butter yeah. probably yeah yeah <laughs> and snails <laughs> it's I, typical of the Normandy region along with galettes you know oh right okay yeah. so orthotics yeah. is, 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 yeah. is a regional yeah. specialty yeah. that's right <laughs> so for tonight's stage uh, yes uh, which is San Lucio um, yes orthotics are will be a specialty in tonight's uh, Gabriel Gatte episode. Um, look for that at about uh, 10, uh, well, actually not 10, 15, about 9, 9.30. 9.30, That's yeah. right, yeah. I guess we better close now. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get, get much better at doing these nice, short, sharp, sweet ones. So uh, just to remind you, uh, we are live tonight at uh, 9.30 p.m. Uh, right across the country. Check your, uh, check your guides for local times. We are live in uh, Western Australia as well. And, of course, the race will be streamed online at the Cycling Central website through the absolutely fabulous Skoda Tour Tracker, which pretty much gives you all the detail that you need about a race, uh, and it makes a really good second screen companion. And don't also forget that if you have the time to go to um, your local news agents and get the Ride Media uh, Tour de France uh, guide, it's uh, your third companion, I guess. You could have TV, Ride Mag, and the app open if you've got three sets of hands. Yeah, if you don't have any friends either, we're all your companions. So that's right, and we're we're on Twitter. So you know, join us for really what's become a global water cooler. So it's um, it's the only way to watch a bike race these days is with uh, more than one hand. <laughs> and that'll be it uh, for today. I think um, we're going to check out, and we're going to see you tomorrow. <laughs>